0: You're listening to Our Two Cents with the team from SGL Financial, building wealth for life. Steve Lewitt is the president of SGL Financial and Gabriel Lewitt is the CEO. They're here to discuss all the latest in financial news, trends, strategies, and more. Good morning, everybody. Gabriel and Steven and producer Caitlin, not on the microphone, of course, because she refuses to wear her headphones and and join us. But she did do a great countdown this morning as well as listen to Steve and I uh, wax philosophical here about one of the topics we're going to talk to you about on our show here today, which was Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So we're going to we're going to jump into that in a minute, but before I do because we we did talk about that last time and we said we were going to expand upon it. Folks, did you know that
1: Steve led or, me astray this week no no this i didn't really lead you astray you
0: know what he did so w- there was a mysterious
1: uh, plate of cookies delicious looking cookies. in
0: in the kitchen and the, normally someone chi- brings in what,
1: cookies chocolate chip cookies with big chocolate chips in them
0: normally someone brings in cookies and sends out a quick note or puts a note next to them so people know who to thank and in this case, they didn't look like cookies I've seen before, because I'm a cookie <laughs> connoisseur, <laughs> of course. Alien cookies. And I went around like, "Hey, uh, do you know who brought this in?" I said to Katie, "She's like, no." I went to Robbie, he's like, "No." I went to Cody, he said, "No." I went to, Shri- I went to everybody. I even went to Steve, and nobody knew.
1: No, I didn't. Avoid.
0: And I'm really like, well, who brought in these this plate of mystery cookies? And and then finally, Steve looks at me, he's like, "All right, I brought them." <laughs> and I was like, and I was spending like 30 minutes walking around the wall. Yeah, like, well, you were obsessed. Well, You were obsessed with It was no a
1: one, mystery that needed to be solved. You wouldn't eat the cookies until you knew who brought them. And then when you found out I brought okay. them, you won't so eat Steve them So Steve looks anyway. at me and he's like, well,
0: I was scared that nobody was going <laughs> to like them because I made them with almond flour. Yeah, man. Healthy cookies, folks. Or, and-
1: oh. Go uh, ahead. Go ahead. And th- and this is this is the mystery that was finally solved. Okay F- folks, I made delicious almond flour chocolate chip cookies. It's healthy. it doesn't have wheat in it. it's <laughs> it's made with refined stuff. I mean not refined natural stuff and they are they're okay. they're not great. I know what to do. The you next heard it time. from him. I know what to do the <laughs> next time. So the next yeah, time use, use flour. <laughs> Re- regular. Uh, uh,
0: you know no. there's these there's these crazy things out there called recipes that when you follow them, they they create these
1: magically good-tasting cookies. So I am searching in Maslow's R.A. <laughs> all right, all right back to means. the show, back to the show. For we've got se- a good wait, show line. Wait, for self-actualization. They don't know what that, they don't know what that means yet. Which is my desire to become the most okay. that I can be. Okay, we'll explain that in about
0: 10 seconds here. So we've all got right. a good show lined up for you today, a couple uh, fun topics, a couple financial questions from listeners. So we've got a few things here to dig on into. Uh, so speaking of that, 10 seconds later, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. So we did talk about this last time, and it's a very intriguing concept, and it's been used in a variety of different fields. So first it was done, of course, by a fellow named Maslow who created it, and we're going to talk about what it is and then how to apply it to your life in a variety of different ways. So Dad, do you want to explain just high level, what is Maslow's Hierarchy of needs
1: well Maslow said look there are levels of needs they're like a house you know you have foundation levels uh, all the way up to the roof so on the on the bottom if you think of it as a triangle
0: and to expand upon that you can't build the upper levels of your house without the lower levels in place
1: well actually you can build the upper levels except it gets as you you know those games where as you get higher it gets more So, if you have
0: no floor you can build your roof
1: well, but you're saying we have no floor. People have floors. They're just not very good ones. Okay. So you can have a, like a rock. I see what you're saying. That, that yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. Because, people, because we're building stuff all the time. But we're, if you build it on a rocky or a soft foundation, you could build it, but it's going to collapse or okay. it won't work well. So uh, uh, Maslow said, look. First of all, you have physiological needs. You need air, water, food, clothing, just stay alive.
0: And you were going to describe this as a triangle shape.
1: Yeah, so yep. I yep. I was going to do that. Sorry, I di- I di- I Thank distracted you. you. No, that, that's I love being distracted. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I was so, going to
0: say something. That I forget.
1: Uh, so on uh, the bottom of the triangle, the biggest thing is the physiological needs. You cannot do anything if you don't have your physical logical needs. So Can you
0: explain what those are?
1: Yeah, that's food, clothing, shelter, um, sleep, air, water, food. Yes. You know, things that keep you alive. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you don't have those, you, you know, you're, you're basically, you're dead. You have nothing else on top of that.
0: Well, and more important, if you don't have that, you can't even worry or think about anything else beyond that because you need those so badly to survive.
1: Exactly. So f- folks in um, violent countries or in starving countries, they spend their time just, where do I get my next meal?
0: Do You know what's funny? Not not that, Um, worrying about where to get the next meal, (laughs) but I watch a show called Naked and Afraid, and I often think of this Maslow's hierarchy of need because the only thing that they are focused on on the show is how do I get water, shelter, and food? Uh, Absolutely. And they cannot think or do anything else beyond that because that's number one without those they're doomed you know they can't sit and make uh, weave baskets and you know uh, chat about the world philosophy or the stars they're they're so focused they on yeah. food water air well they get the air uh, but shelter <laughs> uh, full, full-time job yeah,
1: yeah yeah so now once you have that in place at any level you know once you're not like full-time hunting and killing mm-hmm. then you can go to safety which is your personal security employment sorry i missed my microphone um resources that you need to do things your health uh pro- owning things and that creates safety around you so
0: that's your second level is safety needs safety yep. so
1: i so I, okay i can eat and i can sleep and i'm okay but now i want to feel safe
0: okay so you build your shelter if you're in naked and you build your shelter you found your source of water. You've, you've got a reliable source of food, maybe fish or something. Now you've graduated up to safety needs, so you're going to build some uh, uh, maybe a little small fence around your, your shelter to keep
1: out the animals. Yeah, and you're going to start saving. Maybe you save some uh, meat yep. over there. Uh, Salt or, it, cure it. Or, or you, you you build a tool chest with your, with your rocks and your arrows made of twigs. Mm-hmm. I should go on this show. <laughs> oh,
0: God, that would be hilarious. Yeah, that would be <laughs> hilarious.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, then, once you have your physiological needs and your safety needs, the next level on the triangle is well, now I can like have friends and be intimate with people, and that's called love and belonging. Mm-hmm. So I can uh, I have a sense of connection. you know I can relax yeah. into the more. Refine things in life.
0: Hard to relax and go on dates and hang out with friends when you're worried about your safety and your food. Yeah, and, shelter if, you're, and, water. and if
1: you're dating and you want to invite your woman back to your shelter and you don't have one, you see that's very very <laughs> oh, difficult. <God. laughs> Let's <not go> <laughs> now, time. why I thought of that, I don't I, know. I, but, I don't know either. But that does happen. So that's the yeah, in, that's in the, the real, third third layer in the real world.
0: The love, friendships, and belonging. Yeah. Okay. Then,
1: now I've got love and friendship. And then we go to this more you know, refined level, which is esteem, self-esteem, status, recognition in the world, uh, strength, power, freedom, respect, all those things that kind of make us feel good mm. and that we have meaningfulness in life for ourselves and other people. Mm-hmm. Can and I, then, I, Can I go to the next? You can, okay. the, the next and last. And the the next, peak of the pyramid. On, on the top, although most people don't understand this the way I think it should be understood, but that's my opinion, is self-actualization. And the way Maslow uh, de- refi- uh, defines self-actualization, it's the desire to become the best that I can be. Mm-hmm. In other words, uh, like you and I are perfectionists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is kind of like impossible to actualize that because nothing is perfect, but that would be self-actualization, mm. making myself the best that I could be.
0: Yep, so so there's five layers here. They all build upon one another, similar to the layers of your house, and what Maslow said is you need to have the lower layers progressively to be able to get to the higher layers so just to reiterate that a second time without safety and air food water uh, you're gonna have a tough time self-actualizing and just perfecting your hobbies or views on life or your ideals or whatever it is that you know makes you the best that you can be because you're too focused on those lower levels yeah, but you unlike, have to be uh, focused on but those
1: unlike levels. a house where mm-hmm. the foundation is the same dimensions of the house what Maslow was saying here is that food, clothing, and shelter, because it's the bottom of the triangle, is like the most important thing. If you, if you don't have that physiological, then everything suffers from that. Sure. It, and then it goes up the level. So the most sensitive part here is self-actualization. Like this is what we want in life. We want to get the best of us out of life. And as you go down or up the triangle, Each one counts more and more important. So I can't self-actualize if I'm not eating properly or sleeping properly. That foundation is the most important.
0: Mm. Yes. So what does this have to do with your money, right? You might be wondering that question, and why are we talking about it on our financial show? Well, there are a lot of financial parallels to this. And, you know, if you were to ask me if I was building this pyramid, Maslow's Pyramid with a little bit of financial spice shaken on top, I would also say in addition to your safety needs of, you know, personal security, resources, uh, how you know, other things that you need to feel secure, you also need financial security, okay? And so the challenge is is without financial security which is one of the lower levels of the pyramid it's hard to feel good with love and belonging with esteem and with the self-actualization layers it's very difficult to start to focus on those things when you're worried about your money because money is a form of security and it also is an enabler right we talk about it being the fuel for your journey so in many ways that's a big part of why what we do is not just about your money it's about improving the overall quality of your life because it's going to enable you to have the security you need to focus on these higher-level life achievements. It, per ta- t- level. It,
1: it take in other words, uh, it takes care of the physiological need of food, clothing, and shelter. Uh, well, food and clothing, I, I, yeah. Shelter is uh, yeah. Food, clothing, and shelter, because if you don't have money, you can't pay for that. So, so as you said, it's an enabler for finances to work similar to the hierarchy of Maslow's needs, but it fulfills each layer of the... It affects every part of the Maslow's It does. Par, mm-hmm. uh, Maslow's triangle.
0: Yeah. So, so that's how important money and finance is in today's world. And it's just interesting when you think about it from that perspective, and maybe our conversation on this topic here today gave you a slight new outlook on things and the importance that getting financial security is And it also would explain why if your money is in the stock market and and the market's down 20% this year and you're feeling stressed or worried or frustrated or like you can't do things, uh, that's the impact that a lack of financial security is having on you. And it makes sense, right? Because it's such a vital component of what your what you need to feel good about your life.
1: Yeah, it's the second layer from the bottom, mm-hmm. so it's very important. So if you're if you're worried about the money in the stock market, basically you don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. You know, the future is like, wow, what's going to happen to me? Yep. So that feeling of not being safe affects your love and ability to love. It affects your self esteem. And it affects your ability to self-actualize yourself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and just like a, you know, old, uh, someone on Naked and Afraid or an old school uh, tribal man or somebody, you know, if resources are scarce, what do you typically do uh, when resources are scarce? You, you use less of them. You, you hoard more of them. You save it for the rainy day that you, you hope will last you through. You and, start and, to restrict yourself.
1: And you fight for them. So there's mm-hmm. also that fight that you have to have. Where mm-hmm. do I get them from? Will somebody steal them from me?
0: Well, yeah, that's and that's more of a stress and anxiety. But, but where I was headed with that is that's what people do when they feel like they're losing money in the market. They restrict themselves. They spend less. Yep. They defer more because they don't know how long this uh, winter will last or how long their resources will last. And that can again have some big impacts on you in the prime retirement years when the goal is to really enjoy yourself okay so hopefully these examples make sense and if you're interested in this concept we we got to move on to a new uh segment here but go online go to google type in maslow's hierarchy of needs click images you'll see a lot of different examples of it and uh, you can read about it if it's something that's interesting to you and uh and then really pay attention to how your money is impacting your life and if you find that it's a negative impact give us a call because that's part of what we're here to do is make sure that your money is a positive influence and a positive impact on your life not something that's a detractor
1: okay before we move on gabriel i have a question for you yes now we see these triangles all the time none of them are the way on none of them have on the bottom rung what i think should be on the bottom rung what is what do you think should be the basis of your hierarchy of financial needs what is on the bottom
0: well i think what you're referencing is there are some people that take this concept and try to create a full financial version i actually don't like those versions at all yeah i like to just apply the concept of money and finance to maslow's original hierarchy of needs just the way we talked about it here how it impacts it some people try to convert the concept and say on the bottom level you've got cash flow needs and then you've got taxes Yeah, you got all those things, but at the core, keeping things really simple, your money impacts your security, and it impacts your feeling of safety, and it impacts your feeling of well-being. It impacts all the
1: tiers that we've talked about there. It's really that important. Folks, I'm going to recommend Gabriel go into politics. (laughs) Why is that? Because I asked the question, and did you hear how he skirted around that question with a non-answer? It was a good answer, and it was fun to listen to. But he still didn't answer my question, so I don't know if I should ask you again or am i am gonna get another political answer.
0: I would not go into politics, I don't think. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's a terrible thing. And that
0: doesn't sound like a lot of fun. No, it's not. All right. Well, moving on to our next topic See, in not time. Gonna, I'm not gonna get into it. <laughs> I don't answer. think you are, yeah. So we've got a few other things to chat about with you here. Uh, quick update, a story in the news that you may or may not have heard about, just interesting tidbit for you. Uh, did you know Oh, by the way, folks, if you have questions on any of that, call us 847-499-3330 or go to sglfinancial.com and you can click uh, get started or contact us, uh, or you can email info at sglfinancial.com and we'd love to hear from you. Okay, so tidbit of the day, and we'll talk a little bit about this and then we'll do some listener questions. Uh, Did you know that the U.S. is moving one step closer to letting Americans file their taxes online for free directly to the IRS which would cut out private companies like TurboTax, H&R Block, and a lot of other uh, time and energy that goes into filing your taxes.
1: Mm, I didn't know that. Where did you get that from?
0: Well, I shall tell you. Tell me, please. <laughs> so, inside the Inflation Reduction Act, which you, I think, we most talk. people we uh, talk. We talk. We talk are familiar with, right? We talked about it a little bit. You know, there's lots of things that was buried in all these bills, you know, a lot of... Uh, Smaller pieces. So one of those smaller pieces was there is $15 million set aside for the Treasury Department to study a free federal tax filing website.
1: Wow. Okay. Wow, wow.
0: And uh, and then just this past Thursday, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen uh, was discussing this and expressing support for simplifying the process. And here's her quote, which you might be interested in. Uh, she said, tax filing should be simple. I recently came across a statistic. It takes an average American 13 hours to file a tax return. No. She said during a visit to an IRS facility in Maryland. Wow. Compare that with Sweden, where some taxpayers can file simply by replying to a text message. We can and must do better. This this is words according to Janet I I,
1: I actually agree with her. I think it is. Well, a whole tax code. You know how big you ever see a tax code book? It's large. It's, it's like seven inches thick. Uh, yep. There are 633 different pages in a tax code book. So it is a bit complex. Uh, we have a very complicated system. But the idea of simplifying it, I'm, I'm all in on that. How that will fly <laughs> with the private uh, business market. You know, <laughs> it's like, oh, you're going to put me out of business. Thank you very much.
0: Well, so look, obviously my hunch would be that a lot of people would, would enjoy this if they have simple taxes, right? Sure. Imagine that you just get a text message that says, uh, hey, uh, would you like to submit your taxes? And you just say, sure, <laughs> okay, here, cool. Here's your refund, right? That would be pretty nice. Um, now, certainly more complex cases where you've got businesses, rental properties, uh, real estate transactions, you know all those things would still require, Definitely. I imagine, taxpayers. Definitely. Uh, sorry, yeah. tax preparers. But um, it would certainly be cool for a lot of, you know, a lot of our clients are on Social Security, get a couple IRA distributions and RMD, and that's about it, right?
1: Uh, they file an easy tax Yeah, easy return. tax return. That would be uh, pretty cool. I think I like it. Yeah.
0: So so that was the, the concept there. And just something for you to keep on your radar if you see or hear anything about it. Um, I think it sounds like a neat idea. Certainly, uh, would we do tax preparation to actually impact us as well, but... Um, but and like I said, I think it would be really uh, really helpful and simple for people.
1: And, of course, the IRS will help you find all the loopholes.
0: <laughs> <Yes. laughs> so, so well, yeah, less. then you get into the whole, well, can we even trust them? And wh- what are they uh-huh. going to miss? And So there is a there is obviously a trust factor there. Who knows how they would work all those kinks out. Maybe you mm. you'd probably still need a lot of re- preparers just to do reviews of the automated ones. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Who knows? Yep, yep. But just thought that was an interesting tidbit that uh, I hadn't heard about yet. Good find. Okay, so with that in mind, we've had a couple listener questions trickle on through over the last couple of shows, so we thought we would cover those here today. Uh, funny enough, we've got an e- uh, email message here from a John and a Don. Mm. <laughs> so, I like that.
1: Yeah, I, I do too. I uh, just
0: uh, th- coincidentally they rhyme. Yes. Um, and I was reading Dr. Seuss last night with my daughter. And yeah. so I'm all I'm in a rhyming mode. Now you can read John and Don. John and Don <laughs> went to the pond. <laughs> oh, here the, we no, go. I don't know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep rhyming for you, yeah, please. Okay. Uh, John says or asks in his email. He said, "I'm almost 60 and I don't have any money yet in Roth IRAs. Should I start converting some over the next few
1: years?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, John. Yeah, everybody. Uh, what is the, why is this even a question it comes I, up a lot it com- I yeah. had I had uh, potential clients in yesterday and they're in their 70s and they say well why why should we return it's not going to benefit us a Roth conversion my CPA said I'm wasting my time and, and you talk about it all the time and I said yeah I do first of all you might live another 25 years right and taxes are going to probably go up you know i'm an economist and i look at look at the national debt and look at the interest on the national debt and interest rates are going up you know you can't cut spending anymore so we're left and taxes are going to go up so that's number 1 mm. and you have to pull money out of them. and number 2 if you convert it to a roth then your kids get it at the peak of their Earning years, and if it's not a Roth, they're going to pay through the nose mm. on this. So taxes go up, and then your kids pay through the nose. So why wouldn't you convert it to a Roth? I, I don't understand why that's... John, I'm not picking on you, but I don't understand why that's even a question.
0: Well, I think you and I have talked a little bit about it before, but Mayor, I can't remember exactly when or if we talked about this specific point. So I think it's it comes down to people incorrectly think that when they look at their traditional IRA or 401k balance that they have more money than they would have if they did a Roth conversion, right? So you look at your statement and you see a million dollars, let's say, and let's say you're thinking, I want to convert uh, some of that or all of that to a Roth IRA. Well, if I do that, I'm going to have uh, $700,000 Right, or if I convert a hundred thousand of that, I'm going to have only eighty thousand left of that one hundred. I'd rather have the hundred thousand dollars. I have more money.
1: Yeah, I think
0: that's. I really do think that's what people are thinking: is I'll have more
1: money because I'll have a hundred instead of eighty. It's the world doing an illusion on your head. (laughs) So you have a million dollars in the IRA, and it looks great, and you say, "Hey, I'm a millionaire." Yeah, except you're not because you have a partner, you have a partner there that's going to take 200 or 300,000 from you sooner or later. So you don't have a million guaranteed. They're
0: not going to get rid of, there's no way to get the money. You or your kids out of the IRA without paying tax. Yeah.
1: Your partner's not going to say, you know, I really love you. Why don't you keep the money? (laughs) Not this partner. So, so it's like a head trip. You look at it, it feels good, and you say, well, why should I convert? Then I'm only, like you said, I'm only going to have 800000 in there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all you got right now. Uh, now, the other part of that, Gabriel, is people think that by paying that 200000 in taxes today, I'm going to lose all the benefit of compounding growth on that money over the next 20 years.
0: Right, because people, I think, people believe that if they get compounded interest and growth on their million dollars, that that will equate to more interest in dollars than it would on 800,000. And you
1: know, that sounds right, except it's wrong. Because <laughs> if taxes remain the same, let's say taxes are 20%, mm-hmm. and you pay the 20% today mm-hmm. and, and just grow the 800,000, or you grow the million and pay the 20% in 20 years, you're in exactly the same place. Yeah, it's a mind trick. It's a mind trick, mm-hmm. right. So it's all it's all how people perceive But this. if
0: you pay 20% today, and then the Roth grows versus if, if you yeah, wait in the IRA and then you pay <laughs> 25 or 30%. In the future. It is actually worse. Oh, it's a lot worse. Right? The Even old, though you've been earning more interest in dollars uh, on the money over the time and looking at a bigger
1: balance. The only way you lose on a Roth conversion is if you don't do it right. You don't watch your IRMA costs or you know pushing you into brackets and if the taxes go down in the future. yeah. And I would say the probability of taxes going down in the future are slim to none. Yeah,
0: so so it's really interesting, John. I think he, if any of those reasons are why you're thinking you shouldn't, uh, let us know. If it's a different reason, let us know, and we can, of course, guide you through that a little bit closer. But those are some of the things we hear a lot, is, is hey, I don't I have more money if I don't convert? And the truth is, in most cases, it's the opposite. Okay. So something to think through as you're thinking through whether or not to do a Roth conversion. And speaking of that, that's a great question around this time of year, John, because it's uh, quickly approaching what we call Roth conversion season. Okay. October, November, December, December are our prime Roth conversion time. So if you're a client out there listening to this, if uh, we're going to be sending out a letter soon, if you're... Uh, potential client out there thinking about working with us and are interested in Roth conversions, uh, this is a great
1: time to start walking through that. Well, it's actually more than that, Gabriel. It's not only Roth conversions. All kinds of tax planning for our... October, November, December is a huge tax planning period for us because it sets up the next year, you know, how you handle your r Yeah,
0: we were thinking about calling it... Uh RCC or RRC season or something like that. RMDs, Roth conversions, and charitable, mm-hmm. right? Charitable planning. So uh, tax planning is year-round, but those are the three core components of the fall uh, quarter when it comes to tax planning. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Thanks, John. Now Don. I just had to, <laughs> wanted to put those <laughs> together. <laughs> I just love the fact that they rhymed. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Uh, Don says, um, I'm inheriting, Gabe Steve, I'm inheriting about 250, uh approximately after we settle my mom's estate in the next few months. Uh, I could use this money for a lot of different things like paying off debt, maybe save it for my own retirement. Um, but I feel uncomfortable using mom's money, you know, to pay off my debts and clean up my mess, uh, in your words, Don. Uh, any suggestions on how I can navigate this?
1: <laughs> I'm being very mean this morning. <laughs> Well, be nice, man. Uh, Yeah, Don, um, listen. Um, How do I say this? Uh, Say it nice, whatever you're going to say. Make me worried. It's like you got mom. What do you have? There's like a tape in your head that says that you're doing something wrong by using mom's money to take care of yourself. Yet she left you that money because. Uh, You know, I'm assuming she's a loving mother, you know, she wants you to take care of yourself now She may not agree That you're using her money to pay off a debt But you know what the real world is about is taking care of yourself and if that's the best Use for your money. I you know I suggest you ignore that little tape playing in your head saying well maybe this is the wrong way to use the money and and make sure in your own decision-making that this is the right way to use it, which is really the question to me
0: yeah, you know in our business uh, being financial advisors there's a lot of psychological elements to financial decisions this this is one that pops up um, from time to time about how should I spend mom or dad's money that I've inherited and uh, you know I, Obviously, you know, there's different viewpoints on it. Some people say, I'll spend however I want to. Others are like, I should do something that mom or dad would have approved of with their money. Um, So it depends on the angle you're going through. But I, I think paying off, you know, your debts would generally be something that is smart, right? You know, you're not taking the money and, you know... Blowing it away on the casino, casino. <laughs> or, you, didn't you know, it your, exactly. It's anything. a very, it's a smart move, right? It's a, it's a, it's, it's a, a great, good thought.
1: It's a great thought. Yeah,
0: we're saving it towards your retirement is a smart move, right? Those are those are smart, uh, mature financial decisions.
1: And it's hard. This is where we come in, Gabriel, because I think this is what we do is because we have no emotional connection to mm-hmm. money. So we can look at someone like Don and say, hey, wait a minute, that's a great move because we're not emotionally connected. I have clients that own, like I have a client that owns hundreds of thousands of dollars in AT&T that, that they inherited. Now AT&T is just, it's just a horrible <laughs> investment. But they won't sell it They because they inherit it and it's like, oh, I can't sell that, that's my parents. You know, well, why not? You know, so that emotional connection prevents from making it. It's a feel good thing, which is a bad business. Decision. Yeah,
0: I've got a client same uh, inherited a huge amount of IBM stock, and won't touch it, and wants to leave it to to her kids. So, so here you've got money sitting in IBM stock, literally just passing over an entire generation <laughs> what if the grandkids and say well i can't sell this this is grandpa and and mom's time. <laughs> someone's got to spend it at some point right <laughs> you know or or make sure that it doesn't have all those restrictions around it uh to put it to uh to some beneficial use or, or something or it turns yeah. into sears and yeah well that's well And now we're just talking yeah concentration risk of individual stocks a little different topic but Ah, uh, so so, Don, hopefully that helps a little. I know we can't make that decision for you, but um, I think you're I think you're on the right track thinking yeah. about paying down debts. and but Don, saving if you if
1: you want to talk more about it, because it's hard to get through those emotions, you know Gabriel, they, you know emotions mm-hmm. are really strong, especially when you inherit money from parents and you want to remember them and you want to feel good about them and you want to feel good about yourself. And, and you think you're doing the right thing by not selling it because it's mom and dad's. I understand that. But as a business decision, hmm, need, need some thought in there. Yeah, yep, yep.
0: All right, my friends. Uh, hopefully you had a nice time joining us here today. We had a great time sharing our thoughts here with you. Thanks for tuning in to R2Cents. So again, if you've got questions on anything, uh, give us a call, 847-499-3330, or s- send us an email, info at sglfinancial.com. You know what
1: I think, Gabriel? Uh, I do I, not know what you think. I think you and I, this was a great session I think we had today. You and I should go celebrate by having coffee and cookies together. <laughs> did, you, did you bring in non-almond <laughs> flour
0: cookies? <laughs> well, thanks again, folks. Hopefully you have a wonderful week. If we can help you in any way, give us a holler, and we will see you on the next show
1: stay well everybody
0: thanks for listening to our two cents with steve and gabriel lewitt for any questions about your finances give sgl a call at 847-499-3330 or visit us on the web at sglfinancial.com and be sure to subscribe to join us on next week's episode Investment advisory services are offered through SGL Financial LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Insurance and other financial products are offered separately through individually licensed and appointed agents.